Let's read together from Romans 13. You'll find that on page 1635 in the Pew Bible, Romans chapter 13, reading verses 1 through 7. The context here is, of course, Romans 12, but 1 and 2, that we are to not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds to do God's good, perfect, and pleasing will. And how do we do that? Chapter 13, verse 1. Hear God's word. Let's receive it with believing hearts. There's an um, outline of the message for you in the bulletin on the politics of Jesus. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, Honor to whom honor is owed. You may be seated. So far, the reading of the Word of God. Keep the uh, Bible open and handy for the message on the politics of Jesus. Your congregation of Christ, brothers and sisters in the Lord, God says that marriage is between one man and one woman. The government of the United States of America says that marriage is between, can be between one man and one man, or one woman and one woman. The Bible says that if you do not work, you don't eat. Uh, the government of the United States of America has said basically in effect that uh, you don't have to work, and yet you can still eat. The Bible says, God says in the Bible that um, uh, you must not, you may not uh, murder. And yet our governor, Governor Hochul of this state of New York, has in mind this November to enshrine in the Constitution of New York State that it's a, a right to kill the unborn, to kill uh, a person in the womb. My brothers and sisters, we can go on and on but the spirit of the age is seeking to scrub this nation of any influence of Christianity. And uh, it's the hour for us to stand for the politics of Jesus. The hour is now. Will you stand? I preach to you the word of the Lord on the politics of Jesus as uh, we are called as Christians. Christians must subject themselves to the governing authorities for they are 
ordained by God. And we want to take a look at uh, respect and then resistance uh, to uh, biblical resistance to the authorities and also how we are to resist and reject uh, the spirit of revolution. First of all, uh, respect. God has given the authorities the right to tell us what to uh, do. God has given the authorities the right to tell us what to uh, do. And Paul is saying, let every person then be subject to the governing authorities, uh, for they have been instituted by God. God has appointed them, and therefore they are accountable to God, and uh, we must respect them as uh, the authorities who have been delegated with authority uh, to serve him. Uh, they are appointed by God, verse 2. Uh, they are, verse 4, servants for your good. And uh, the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 13, they are ministers, verse 6, ministers of God. Literally, they are deacons of God. Uh, so they are servants of the Lord uh, to do his bidding. God raised up Pharaoh in Egypt. He raised up Cyrus in the time of uh, uh, Nehemiah. God raised up uh, the Caesar here who was Nero at the time that the Apostle Paul is writing these words to the church at uh, Rome. And God is saying through his servant, the Apostle Paul, that we are to respect the authorities that God has ordained for us. Jesus said in John 19, at verse 11, John chapter 19, verse 11, to Pontius Pilate, you would have no authority unless uh, God had given you the authority uh, to serve as um, the one who was to make the decision about whether Jesus would live or uh, die. God gives the authorities the right to tell us what to do. They are servants of God. And my brothers and sisters, let us be encouraged by that. If they are servants of God, that God is appointed, uh, God is going to hold them. Our president, our governor, all those in authority, God is going to hold them accountable. And therefore, do not be afraid. Let us not be anxious. They are ultimately in God Almighty's hands. So that should give us uh, some pause and give us some peace and providing us with perspective as we seek to uh, seize this hour to stand for the politics of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to respect? Boys and girls, it's like a soldier saluting. When you think of respect, think of a soldier saluting his superior or her superior officer. What does it mean to respect? It means you say please and thank you to your mom and dad or your teacher. It means you don't... Um, open a door if it's closed without knocking. It means that um, you don't interrupt mom and dad or interrupt your teacher. That's what it means to respect. And so we are to honor and respect those that God has put in authority over us, whether that uh, be on a, a federal level or on a state level or a local level of government. And uh, everyone, Everyone is to, according to the Belgian fashion, be subject. We are to give deference to. We are to give weight to the authorities that God has ordained and, and their policies and decisions. Uh, we are to be courteous toward them. We are to respect them, even though we may have uh, disagreements, and we do, according to the scriptures, right? Disagreements with the policies and practices of politicians. Nevertheless, we must respect the office that they hold. 
because it's ordained by God and therefore pay taxes. And congregation, as you, um, as you look at Romans chapter 13, the Apostle Paul is putting a chiasm together. Fancy language for he's putting a sandwich together. And what's the meat in the middle of the sandwich? What is the center? And he, and he puts it together this way for a reason. And uh, it's helpful. What, what is the center? Verse 4. The governor, the government is God's servant for your good. That's the main message here in Romans chapter 13. The government, the governors are God's servant for your good. And uh, what is that good? We saw that together a little bit earlier in this series in Article 36, that the government is to seek to uh, provide uh, the opportunity, the liberties, the environment for piety, religion, uh, worship to flourish. And it's also supposed to be um, um, maintaining what is good. It is supposed to also uh, punish what is evil and promote what is uh, good. And you see that the Apostle Paul talks about that. It has the sword of justice in order to punish evildoers. He's an avenger who carries out, verse 4 of the text, out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So, dear friends, that's what our taxes are to pay for, uh, a good uh, defense of this nation, uh, the punishment of evil and evildoers, and to also promote uh, what is good. And congregation, we looked at the spiritual part of that last time, and uh, just to note that uh, they should be refraining, uh, this is on the bottom of page 196, the governing officials should refrain from every, t every tendency toward exercising absolute authority and while functioning in the sphere entrusted to them with the means belonging to them. In other words, they must then be subject to God's law, remove every obstacle, that's a paragraph before, to the preaching of the gospel and to every aspect of divine worship. So they must not put roadblocks or obstacles up in any way to the freedoms of religion. And dear friends, let us also realize that they are to uh, be promoting economic good. Uh, you shall not steal. Congregation, uh, we are to have before we can give. And uh, it assumes in the, the commandment of our Lord, you shall not steal, that uh, we have something that can be stolen. So dear friends, the government does not create prosperity. The government is supposed to simply maintain and make sure there's freedoms and liberties, there's opportunities, there's an, an environment for commerce to happen, for businesses to flourish, uh, for goods to be exchanged. That's the only role of the government when it, when it comes to the economy. It is to suppose then to punish those who... Um, uh, those who, uh, for instance, violate copyrights, and they are to be protecting, the government is to be protecting those who are um, doing business from those who want to steal <laughs> from uh, businesses, to protect those who are producers, right, of goods and services, right? Making money, nothing wrong with making money. The love of money is wrong, right? But nothing wrong with making money. We call that capitalism. We, we call that um, being uh, the Protestant work ethic. Uh, 
God has given us uh, the calling and responsibility to work, to make money in order to uh, provide for the needs of our family, to provide taxes for protection in our state and in our nation, and also to fund and finance the work of the church of the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the government is supposed to be protecting us from getting plundered, from thieves. That is one of the biblical roles of promoting good, the government promoting good and using the sword of justice. Dear friends, we are then to pray for the government to be God's servant for good, for good. We are to uh, pray for the government, uh, says the um, Belgian Confession. It's really quoting here uh, at the end uh, that, um, that we may lead a, a quiet, peaceful life in all piety, uh, wor- worship, and, and moral decency, what is true good and, and beautiful. So we are a congregation to be praying, according to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, for all kings and all those in authority. And uh, dear friends, have you realized that if we're not praying for our governing officials and for this in our society that we may be disrupting uh, the peace that we so um, need in our society and our culture. So let us pray for peace, for the gospel of peace to go forth, that we may have personal peace, peace with God, that there may be peace and harmony with, among our fellow citizens here in these United States of America. We may disrupt the peace if we are not uh, praying for our leaders. And congregation, let us pray for our leaders so that they may promote the good. Let us pray for our leaders because if we're not praying for our leaders by name, dear friends, what happens is that your heart and mind starts to harden against them. We become very, very cynical about politics and politicians And our hearts can become hostile toward those in authority over us. So let us pray and intercede on their behalf. And let us be respectful of those that God has chosen to govern us. What is politics, dear friends? It's the way God has chosen to govern you. How has God chosen to govern you? Uh, By his law. Uh, by the word of the Lord, the rules uh, that he reveals for us in Holy Scriptures. That is politics. You cannot escape politics. You're in politics all the time. If you meet someone, you're doing politics. What is politics according to Jesus? It's love for God and love for our neighbor, revealed in the law of God. Love for God, love for neighbor. Now you're, oh, no, one, no one voted for you. You're still doing politics. No one voted for me. I'm, I'm always doing politics. We're always doing politics. The question is, what kind of politics are we doing? Is it for Christ or is it for the Antichrist? Those are the only options we have. Dear friends, life that God has made is hanging in the balance and that life must be protected, you understand, right? Um, and that's where law comes into play, and law enforcement to protect, we hope and pray, love for God and love for neighbor. 
So we must resist, in the second place, we must resist uh, the authorities when they violate the law of God and when they violate the law of uh, this land we know as the United States of America. Christians submit to the governing authorities unless, unless submission breaks God's commandments. Unless submission to the government breaks God's commandments. So dear friends, we see together then again at Romans chapter 13 at verse 4, for uh, he is God's servant for your good. And he is the servant who has the sort of justice to avenge uh, the wrath of God and uh, to uh, punish the wrongdoer, verse 4. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience, uh, verse 4. But the question, congregation, is what's good? Who determines what is good? What's the standard for what is good and evil? How do you come up with that? Well, we read together in Isaiah 5.20, by, uh, Isaiah 5.20, that God uh, says uh, that uh, the, the rulers who say uh, evil is good and good is evil, uh, God opposes and God punishes. So the point is, is that only God's word reveals what is good and what is truly evil. And therefore, we must always ultimately pledge our allegiance to the God of Holy Scripture. And when the government, governors, uh, call us to submit to something or someone who is violating the Word of God or the Constitution of the United States of America, we must resist. Exodus chapter 1, when Pharaoh said, drown the uh, baby boys born to the Israelite women, the midwives uh, uh, saved these baby boys, saved Moses. That was an act of biblical resistance to um, satanic tyranny and anarchy. Um, Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, when uh, they were called to bow down before the huge uh, image of King Nebuchadnezzar, they said, we're not going to do it. They defied, they resisted that order of unbiblical worship. And they said, hey, our destiny is in God's hands. If we're, a pun- uh, if we're punished, fine. But uh, even if we die, we will not bow down and worship uh, a fa- the false god. And uh, Daniel, when he was told not to pray in Daniel chapter 6, what did he do? He kept praying publicly. Publicly he kept praying, dear friends, in defiance of a policy that violated the law of God. And dear friends, in Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter 19, when the authorities were uh, trying to arrest and kill the apostle Paul, he ran away from the authorities. They were trying to arrest him and kill him because he was uh, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Christians, believers, have always been in the crosshairs of a government that uh, thought it was God and should be worshipped instead of Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us understand. Congregation, if a dad would tell his son or daughter, go rob a bank for me or or rob uh, the gas station, uh, go steal something, we would say that boy or girl should never 
steal something. Just because his mom, her mom and dad, her dad said that they should steal, he should steal something, doesn't mean it's right. It's the same thing that goes for the government, congregation. And the Apostle Paul talks about conscience here, literally with knowledge. That's what a conscience is, it's with knowledge. So no one can say, no one can say, I was just following orders. Dear friends, the orders are in the word of God that hold our conscience captive. Those are the orders of what is good and evil, right and wrong. So you think about that with police officers and the military. Police officers and uh, law enforcement and the military are not machines of the state. They're human beings made in the image of God are to be subject to the law of the Lord and to enforce the Constitution of these United States of America that is heavily influenced, right, um, by a Christian world and life view, and I would say a Calvinistic world and life view, dear friends, a Reformed one, in terms of preserving and promoting religious liberties and uh, freedoms of worship, speech, and of assembly. Our consciences, dear friends, must be in subjection to King Jesus. So the debate is, what about the American War for Independence? And it's important to remember the exact uh, way we should be referring to it. It is the American War for Independence. It's not the American Revolutionary War. It wasn't revolutionary really at all. It was the American War for Independence. You say, well, uh, uh, Britain was a, a government that God ordained, and uh, the American colonists, they resisted that, uh, the, the rule of the uh, British monarchs, so that was wrong. They were unbiblical in doing so. No, it wasn't. It was uh, a biblically legitimate action. Why is that? Because they appealed, the colonists, this is our history, dear friends. <laughs> uh, we need to know this, and that's because uh, many of them were heavily influenced, were Christians, or heavily influenced with a, a biblical world and life view. They resisted the tyranny of Britain by how? They didn't take the law in their own hands. They appealed to the lesser magistrate, it's called, or lesser authorities, lesser govern, uh, governing uh, authorities. Each of the 13 colonies had governors. And the colonists appealed to the governor, a lesser authority, but one ordained by God. And those governors okayed and uh, led the movement of resistance against a tyranny. And my dear friends, let us understand, the highest law of our land is the law of the Constitution of the United States of America. So we are to appeal to lesser authorities, and that's how we can resist uh, tyranny. More on that in a moment by way of application. And, but we must uh, also, uh, with all our hearts here, friends, uh, resist revolution, resist revolution. And uh, we uh, confess together, according to uh, the Belgian Confession, that we are to obey in all things that are not in conflict with, the, with God's word. And uh, on this matter, we also then denounce the Anabaptists. Those were the radical reformers of the day when uh, the Belgian Confession was written. 
and uh, they had no use for the authorities. They did what was right in their own eyes, and yet uh, the Reformed Church's congregation sought to be in subjection uh, to the governing authorities, uh, but they would not, uh, 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 would not congregation, violate their consciences by going against Scripture when it came to uh, worship. But nevertheless, congregation, the Anabaptists were really anarchists and uh, defied the authorities that were ordained by God. And uh, dear friends, and in general, all those who want to reject authorities, civil officers, and subvert ju uh, justice, how? By introducing, interesting here, uh, by introducing common ownership of goods. What is that? We call that socialism. Socialism. You realize that socialism and Marxism, what's the difference between socialism and Marxism? Socialism is, right, basically the government uh, redistrib redistributes wealth, right? The government owns everything, takes everything you have, and, um, and then distributes it and takes from the rich, gives it to the poor. And, and uh, what's the difference between socialism then and Marxism? Marxism is just so so socialism, according to Peter Jones on the Truth Exchange website, Dr. Peter Jones. The only difference is the fact is that Marxists have a gun <laughs> to enforce. Socialism. Socialism turns government into God. Socialism elevates, it lifts up the government to a godlike status. And then it's uh, preaching, quote unquote, uh, the gospel of uh, economic equality, the gospel of uh, everyone should have the same amount, and uh, the government will be in charge of distributing. Uh, what uh, you are to have, and when, and why. 26% of practicing Christians, according to one statistic, um, believe this. And dear friends, socialism violates the Holy Scriptures. We never see examples of this in Scriptures. Yes, uh, the early church had all things in common, but there was still personal property sold, right? Uh, by Barnabas, for instance, in the book of Acts property he owned that he voluntarily chose uh, to sell in order to give the proceeds for the advance of the kingdom of God. The government wasn't in charge in telling him what, to, what he could own and how we should uh, sell this. Dear friends, socialism turns uh, government into God. And uh, the, the, um, the, the net result of this, of this is that socialism takes the charity out of giving to the poor. Socialism ultimately gives charity out of giving to the poor. It also takes the joy out of giving to the poor. And it also takes out, uh, in the words of one author, the humanity of doing this. God loves a cheerful giver. Are you cheerful when the government is telling you or, or when a government may hold a gun to your head or, or to your back that now you've got to give to the poor? Oh, of course not. God loves a, a cheerful giver who gives from the heart and willingly. And dear friends, when um, the government is basically taking money out of our taxes, right, to distribute to the poor, then many say, well, why should I give to the poor? <laughs> I'm already being taxed to do so. Dear friends, remember, what we've learned together, the government is called to just simply provide the atmosphere 
for economic activity. And uh, there's this t uh, there was a survey done in the Philadelphia area not too long ago where a number of churches uh, littered the uh, area of Philadelphia. And it was uh, actually discovered that these churches uh, pumped in millions of dollars to help the poor and the needy without the government being involved in this. The that's not the lane of the government. It's actually the calling of the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, and any individual citizen who wants to be uh, that benevolent. Dear friends, the early settlers of these United States of America, boys and girls, you're learning this history uh, that the early settlers in Jamestown and Plymouth, they already tried socialism. It didn't work. When everybody, uh, when everybody had everything together, what happened was is that they ended up eating rats, shoelaces, and dung. And then all of a sudden, they're like, okay, this, this doesn't work anymore. And then all of a sudden, people had their own piece of property. They're able to use it and, and cultivate it to make money. And all of a sudden, there was abundance to celebrate a Thanksgiving Day, a harvest. Don't cry for me, Argentina. Lots of people were crying in Argentina not too long ago. And recently now in Venezuela. Because, dear friends... When socialism or Marxism um, gain popularity, churches are bulldozed, Christians are killed, especially with Marxism, believers are persecuted, and the poor always become more impoverished. That is not love for God, nor love for neighbor. My brothers and sisters, what are some applications for us in light of this? Uh, we are to be in subject to the government, but when the government breaks God's commandments or violates the highest law of the land, namely the, the Constitution of the United States of America, we are to guard against tyranny. Let us guard against tyranny. What do I mean by that? We are to appeal to the lesser governing authorities around us. Who is that? It's the sheriff. We need to be cultivating friendships, and I don't mean manipulating people. That's not what I mean. But we are, we are to be um, the best citizens in our town, the best citizens in our county. We need to be cultivating friendships with the local sheriff, the local police, um, local, and I'm emphasizing grassroots because I think it's a little bit more attainable for us. Relationships with local uh, governing officials uh, so that uh, we can appeal to them uh, should there be a violation of our rights of religion, assembly, of how we worship and when we worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are to appeal to them. And that's how we benefit our leaders, dear friends, and we benefit our nation when we put a break check on tyranny. We're a benefit to our leaders then, respectfully. Treating them with all courtesy, but putting a break check when they are violating the word of God and the Constitution of these United States of America. 
It's a benefit to our neighbors and our nation and the leaders God has ordained. But we are to appeal to these lesser authorities that they oppose what contradicts the law of the Lamb and the law of the Lord. We are to appeal to them for them to protect us, persons and property, and our freedoms as Christians to worship God according to our consciences, to protect us from unjust actions of higher authorities. And we are to appeal to them to refuse to put into law anything that violates ultimately these, uh, the Constitution of the United States of America. We are to pray for our governors to protect religious liberties. Let us pray for those in government, executive, judicial, you know, legislative branches of government, uh, both on a federal level, a state level, a local letter level. Let us pray for them. Let's pray that they may be students of the Holy Scriptures. Let's pray that they may be protectors of the unborn. Let us pray for them to uh, be protectors and promoters of the good of biblical marriage, uh, the marriage of one man and one wife for one lifetime. Dear friends, let us pray that just as God used Cyrus, I don't know why, I'm always amazed by that story of God using Cyrus to say, all right, give all this money to rebuild uh, my, uh, the, the church of Jesus Christ, basically the temple in the days of Nehemiah. God did it in Cyrus. God did it in the di- days of Jonah when he prophesied and proclaimed, repent. And the leader, the king of Nineveh, led the Ninevites in repentance. God can do these miracles. Let us pray for these miracles to be done in the hearts and lives of our leaders. And dear friends, let us pray for governors to protect religious liberties and let us uh, finally exercise self-government. Let us exercise self-government. We pray for the governors. Let us pray, Lord, for us to exercise self-government that God would help us by his grace and for his glory govern our tempers. To govern our selfishness. uh, To govern our laziness and self-indulgence. To govern and change us from the inside out. To say, who cares whatever? I just want my bro soap opera or the soap opera give me some more soap operas on the Super Bowl and whatever is happening with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Swifties and Taylor Swift just give me some more creature comforts my dear friends let us be active citizens in our land for the good of our society Let us, dear friends, uh, also realize that our forefathers who found this nation, they gave up their sacred honor, they gave up their property, their riches, their very lives at times to begin and defend uh, religious liberties. What are you going to give? What am I going to give? What what are we going to sacrifice? It's our turn now. To do what? The hour is for us to stand 
for the politics of King Jesus. Will you stand? Amen. Let us pray. Your Father in heaven, uh, you are good and gracious and sovereign. You appoint all the authorities of our land. And we pray for our president. We pray for Governor Hochul. We pray for our county executive, uh, Steve Newhausen. We pray for our law enforcement, our military, all those and executive, legislative, judicial branches of government. We pray, O oh Lord, give them wisdom, courage, integrity. May they be faithful, kind, and loving. May they be lovers of God and worship you. We pray, Lord, that uh, they may submit their lives to uh, the law of the Lord, the liberty of the scriptures. Uh, surround them, Lord, with God-fearing counselors. May they be God-fearers, we pray, to make wise, good decisions about the economy, uh, and justice, and righteousness. Give them courage, Lord. Uh, we pray, Lord, for our armed forces, for safety, and we pray, Lord, that our leaders may truly be defenders of the unborn, protectors of marriage, champions for, for religious liberties, that they may be daily students of the scriptures. Give them humility, Lord, to admit their faults and change their minds. We pray, Lord, that they may act in uh, understanding of the truth of your word and kiss the son lest he become angry and they perish in the way. Lord, help us to stand for the politics of Jesus Christ and uh, to be able to uh, cultivate those uh, courteous and uh, uh, good uh, relationships and friendships with uh, law enforcement, our sheriff, and those who you have appointed, Lord, to know that we are praying for them, that we honor them and seek to do what is uh, pleasing to you according to your word. We pray, Lord, that they may look favorably and be friends of uh, our religious uh, freedoms of assembly, speech, and worship. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, God, answer. And we ask for these mercies in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Let's uh, present our time.